Hoopball Podcast listeners. Are you a fantasy expert and want to write or podcast for Hoopball? Do you have aspirations of covering a team? Are you a master of sales and want to earn some cash on the phones? Well, we've got good news. Hoopball's recruiting. If you think you have what it takes, hit us up at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or by emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Again, that's at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. And we appreciate you tuning in here to the latest episode of the Sacramento Kings Podcast presented by Hoopball and the Hoopball Podcast Network. I am your host, Damian Barling, and as always, we appreciate you for listening, subscribing, downloading, and listening. Uh, if you're not yet a subscriber, become one. You don't want to miss on any news from the Sacramento Kings, particularly as uh, the NBA is attempting to get restarted here in Orlando under this Bubble format, if you will. We call it the metaphorical bubble format. As a matter of fact, it is, we've got some numbers released. If you're listening to this on July 13th, Monday, July 13th, uh, we got some numbers released as it pertains to COVID-19 testing. Uh, the NBA and the NBA Players Association uh, issued a statement saying, of the 322 players tested for COVID-19 since arriving on the NBA campus July 7th, two have returned confirmed positive tests while quarantined. That's interesting. I'm really surprised to hear that. Um, I am trying to figure out, did they did they test negative before they left? Did they contract the disease? You know, did they contract the virus in Orlando? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to piece that puzzle together, but, you know, two, not bad. Those players uh, never cleared quarantine and have since left the campus to isolate either at home or in isolation housing. The fascinating part of this, and we'll get to Rashawn Holmes and some of the other things uh, that went on today. The interesting thing about this is because media access is so limited, you know, most of the media members there, in fact, I don't think it's most of the media members. I think all of the media members there are quarantined. And the only video that is coming out as it pertains to practices is coming from each team's digital media coordinator, which was a league-mandated position. And whatever the NBA chooses to put out there, what different players choose to put on social media. And then, of course, you know, the Zoom calls that take place for media availability. But that doesn't give us a true – like, I don't know that we learned – I don't know. We knew Russell Westbrook hadn't made the trip. I think Russell Westbrook and James Harden hadn't made the trip, but it wasn't clear as to why they didn't make the trip. And Russell Westbrook posted on social media today that he uh, he, he he had tested positive for COVID-19 and he was he was going through the protocols and he would be, you know, he, he said he feels good. And he was looking forward you know, to joining the team and going through the protocols once he gets to, you know, Orlando. There are different sets of protocols before you leave. Your house, like if you're still uh, at home, if you if you did not fly with your team to Orlando, there are different protocols before you can actually go to Orlando. And then there are protocols for once you actually get to Orlando. So it's quite the process. The NBA is doing, whether you agree with what, you know restarting the season or not, the NBA is doing as good of a job as they possibly can do. Uh, they're in a very difficult situation where it's going to be different to gauge. Well, the, you could say that the Kings are in a no-win situation, or you could say, or not necessarily the Kings, the NBA. You could say they're in a no-win situation. They're just in a difficult situation, and it's 
difficult to measure. You know, there are people who don't think the NBA restart should happen. Well, it is happening, and it's up to the league to make sure it is safe as possible. And I think that's what they're doing. I think the restart is as I don't think it could be any safer. You know, the safest way, it's like the safest form of sex is abstinence. Okay, well, that's not sex. Well, the safest form of an NBA return is no NBA. Okay, that's not an NBA return. You know, this is as safe as the NBA can do. And to hear that they had, you know, two tests, two positive tests out of 322, it's not bad. Of course, you want the number to be zero, but two, ah, it's not bad. It's just important that it doesn't get any higher. You know, this is, you know, we're kind of in the moments now with all of the players and all of the teams coming out of quarantine with every team having practice now. We'll talk about the Sacramento Kings in a few minutes. Uh, they had an off day here on this Monday after three straight days of practices. They, this is, this is kind of go time now. It's like, okay, everybody's out. They're moving around. They're interacting. Uh, there's players' lounges. There's cafeterias. Uh, you know, there's, there's kind of general game areas outside all of this stuff is happening now and now you know you're still doing testing you're doing testing every other day but we don't know what those tests yield until the nba tells us and i was thinking you know we we, this has got to be good right we haven't gotten any catastrophic news coming out of the bubble and then i realized well we might not get it there's nothing happening in real time anymore it's not like Woj is in the bubble following everybody around. Woj is suspended, for God's sakes. Hashtag free Woj. But the media people, they're on quarantine right now. They're, they're, they're not going to practices. They're not interacting with teams. I wonder if the protocol for delivering news changes uh, once the media gets out of their quarantine and they're able to be at practice, and they're able to look around and go, hey, wait a minute, so-and-so isn't here. Or, hey, where's... Coach, where's Mike D'Antoni? Or where's Luke Walton? Or where's Rashawn Holmes? Where's Rashawn Holmes is not a question that we have to ask moving forward because apparently Rashawn Holmes breached a barrier. And the first thing that popped into my head uh, when this story became public is that scene from life where Martin runs to get one of the whites-only pies and he crosses the gun line and, and the guards start shooting at him. That's what that's 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 what I envisioned from Rashawn Holmes. Rashawn Holmes crossed the gun line to get a pie. Apparently he crossed it to get a food delivery. And I know for an absolute fact that it has been conveyed to these players, to these coaches, it has been conveyed to everybody in the bubble. You there's a certain way in a certain company that you use for food delivery. That's simple. Uh, Rashawn Holmes, I guess, did not get that memo or that uh, directive as Rashawn issued a statement yesterday. And this is just this is just brutal for the Kings. After the initial quarantine period, I this is a statement from Rashawn Holmes. After the initial quarantine period, I briefly and accidentally crossed the NBA campus line to pick up a food delivery. I am currently in quarantine and have eight days left. I apologize for my actions and look forward to rejoining my teammates for our playoff push. Uh, so there are eight days left for Rashawn Holmes. You cross that line, right? And you've got a quarantine now for 10 days. Rashawn Holmes has eight of them left. And that takes you right up until 
That's July 21st. That is the day before the Sacramento Kings' first, I keep calling them preseason games. They're not preseason games. It, it takes you up to the day before of the Sacramento Kings' first scrimmage game against the Miami Heat. And this is just, hey, God bless Rashawn Holmes, man. He is our guy, and he has been the bright spot in what has been a, a predominantly frustrating season. But, damn, you crossed, the, you crossed the gun line, man. What are you doing? But I don't know. I don't know what food he got delivered, man, but I hope it was good because it cost him 10 days of practice. Just, you know, Buddy Heald returned. Jabari Parker. Now, they haven't returned to practice. I shouldn't say they returned. Sorry, that was the, the, the wrong way to form that statement. Buddy Heald and Jabari Parker have arrived in Orlando. They have yet to join the team. There are protocols once you arrive to Orlando. I know Buddy, just because he posted on Instagram, he took a charter. I'm assuming Jabari Parker did the same thing. Your your return, uh, if you take a charter flight, is significantly different than if you uh, take a commercial flight. Uh, also, if you drive, it's differently. I don't imagine that Jabari Parker drew from Chicago, uh, drove from Chicago to Orlando. So, But Buddy and Jabari Parker are both in Orlando. Uh, Alex Lynn is not, or at least... As of today's not the Kings were off today, so there's no news coming out of any media uh, Zoom conferences with Luke Walton. Uh, but Alex Lynn uh, has not uh, arrived. We know that from uh, a disclosure that Luke Walton gave this past weekend. And then we also don't know who the fourth person is. We don't know if it was a coach. We don't know if it was a member of just the traveling party, you know, the organizational traveling party, or if it was another player that we just haven't been told about. Obviously, we've we've seen uh, De'Aaron Fox uh, in Orlando. We've seen Marvin Bagley in Orlando. Uh, we, <laughs> we know Rashawn Holmes is in Orlando. Uh, so we're, I, I don't know who that fourth person is or, or what their role is with the Kings, but they have not passed the back-to-back COVID test, uh, which is part of getting cleared to return. Turn or actually, it's it's part of what gets you to Orlando is you have to pass back to back COVID tests, which obviously Buddy Hield and Jabari Parker did. And again, once you pass those tests, you get to Orlando. You got to go through another series of tests, which includes again, depending on how you got there, back to back tests or maybe even three uh, positive or negative tests in a row. But Buddy and Jabari should be, barring an unforeseen circumstance, should be practicing soon, which is is good news for the King from what it looked like, or actually from what Luke Walton said Friday, their first day back at practice was, um, it was basically no contact. Uh, it was just get out there, get moving, get a groove, get a feel, uh, get your legs underneath you. And then they got at it a little bit more on Saturday. Then they got at it a little bit more on Sunday and they had a scheduled day off uh, on Monday. Uh, so that's where the Kings are, are right now. There have been, uh, you know, media availability. We talked about De'Aaron Fox. A, a big topic of conversation uh, through the NBA has been, you know, players wearing social messages, social justice messages uh, on their jerseys. Uh, most players are doing it. Not all of them are. Uh, LeBron James and Anthony Davis uh, made news as two players. It's actually uh, two of only 17 players who have decided uh, to not wear social justice messages uh, on their uniforms. The Sacramento Kings, all of the Sacramento Kings, uh, are wearing messages on their uniform, including Harry Giles. Uh, on the back of my jersey, is going to say, say her name. Um, 
for me personally, I think it's just gonna be a big thing, uh, just because all the women in my life, as far as my uh, my mom, my aunts, my sisters, uh, my my grandma, uh, you know, they played a big role in my life, and you know, you know, some of the toughest days in my life, toughest situations in my life, I can go to them, and you know, they helped me through it, and um, you know, my life, I think without uh, strong black women, I feel like the world wouldn't be where it is, and in my life, I wouldn't be where I am either. So. Uh, you know, I'll do whatever I can to protect them. And also with the uh, Breonna Taylor case kind of still floating around, I think uh, Say Her Name is going to bring kind of direct attention to that. Harry Giles again talking about the importance of the message that he is wearing on his jersey. Uh, Kent Bazemore is wearing uh, education reform. Uh, Corey Joseph uh, chose to go with uh, Black Lives Matter on his jersey. Um, Marvin Bagley uh, went with freedom. So there's just a, you know, a couple of notes in terms of, you know, Jersey wearing, uh, that, that that's going on. And, you know, the Kings will be back at practice tomorrow. I assume Luke Walton and the crew will be back in front of the media, or at least select the members of the team will be in back in front of the media. And I have to imagine Buddy Hield and Jabari Parker, if they're not practicing tomorrow and I don't, I think, think the math works out if 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 buddy if, if he, he might not be able to pass his second COVID test until tomorrow night so maybe his first practice or their first practice assuming they got there on the same day would be on Wednesday it's so difficult to report on this because again we we don't know exactly what's going on we don't have the same access that we normally do we're, we're getting just short videos coming out of practice uh, we're getting you know, ed- edited shots of like Darren Fox shooting around. You know, we're not we're not getting a lot of meat out of this, and we only know what Luke Walton is telling us. And this isn't exclusive to the Sacramento Kings. This is all over the league. It's just an entirely different type of environment, and we're so used to things playing out in front of us and us being able to see things in real time. That's just not the case right now, and that might not be the case for the foreseeable future. I don't. I think they, I, th- I think we're going to be in a very similar situation. Uh, next season as well, whenever, you know, that begins, whether it begins in, in December or in January of 2021 or, or whatever it is. But, you know, with only two positive tests since the teams arrived in Orlando on July 7th, you know, if, if, if they've got those guys isolated and they've got themselves in a good position, you know, meaning the league, you know, I'm starting, I, I, I want to gain confidence that we're actually going to be able to be talking about the Sacramento Kings and the Miami Heat in nine days or so on July 22nd. I, I, I want to believe that, okay, we're, we're getting closer. Like we can, you know, I did a show, I did a, an episode of the podcast with Damian Barling that you can listen to uh, on this podcast platform that you listen to this show on. It comes out every day, 7 a.m., Monday through Friday. And I, I talked about, you know, Kings got to, there, there's got to be some point where we can talk about like Kings and matchups and the Pelicans and the ringer dogging us and all of those different things. But in the back of my head, it's like, ah, it's too soon, too soon. We're still a long way away from that first scrimmage game. We're still a long way away from the first regular season game. I mean, we're, gosh, no, not quite three weeks away, but we're still a, we're still a ways away from that. A little over two weeks away from the first preseason game taking place. It just feels, or not preseason, sorry, regular season. A little over two weeks from the first regular season game. And it feels like an eternity. You know, because I, I think the NBA would would quietly, you know, shut a preseason game, game down for whatever reason. If, if any games of any type are being shut down, that's probably a problem. 
right? There's probably an issue, even if it's a preseason game. But if we get to the point where, a, you know, we saw this in the MLS's back tournament where games started getting canceled. It was like, oh, no. I just, this, this is going to fall through. This isn't going to work. This is bad. This is really bad. And, you know, they've been able to maintain that. I don't think the league, the NBA, can get away with, with canceling regular season games because of television and because of all of those different things. So if we could just kind of work through, I mean, it's going to be fascinating to watch. I, I was talking this morning about players, you know, they're arriving, you know, League Fits, it's the best Instagram account on, on, in, in the whole social media world. I love League Fits. I love seeing what Russell Westbrook and, and PJ Tucker and, and what some of those guys, I used to love to see what uh, Willie Cauley Stein wore into the arena and what some different players with unique styles wear. As a dad, everybody's wearing uniforms. You're wearing your jersey with your warm-ups because you can't shower at the, at the wide world of sports complex. You can't shower there. They don't, they, they, they just, they don't want that. You've, you've got an outfit to throw on. You've got a sweatsuit or your warm-up or whatever to throw on. Um, as soon as the game is over, you do your media, you're on the bus, and you're gone. They want everybody out of there. If you're a, uh, if you had just finished a game, they want you out of the arena within 40 minutes. I mean, there's going to be no, there's going to be no lag in. We're not going to be waiting for, you know, Luke Walton to get in front of the camera or De'Aaron Fox to get in front of the camera and, you know, do their media availability. Like we're going to hear about it right away. We're going to hear from them right away. And then those guys are going to get on a bus and they're going to get back to the, you know, to the, to their spots, to their hotel, to the yacht club, if you will. So the presentation is going to be different. Everything is going to be different. And all I can think, man, is I really just want to make it there. I just want to get to the point and we're getting closer to where like, I'm excited to talk about, I want to talk about basketball. You know what I mean? And we're going to do that right now. Before I do, I want to let you know, I've told you on many occasions, uh, I host a, a variety of podcasts, particularly uh, Monday through Friday, the podcast with Damon Barling, which is available uh, on every podcast platform, no matter what podcast platform you choose, whether it's radio.com, Spotify, whether it's Google play or it's Apple podcast. Uh, we've also launched a clothing line uh, to go along with uh, our variety of ventures here in the podcast realm. Head over to the dopeones.com. You'll see a section that says the Damian Barling Collection. If you use the promo code today, this is for Tuesday. This is for Monday, July 13th. If you use the promo code on Monday, July 13th, if you use the promo code BEHEARD, you'll get 25% off your order. Now, this doesn't just pertain to my clothing line. This pertains to all of the gear on there. Uh, and I think you'll love uh, some of the clothes over on thedopeones.com. Head over to that website right now, thedopeones.com, and check out what we got going on there. If you're digging the podcast content here, head over to patreon.com slash Barling as well. We've got uh, plenty of content for you there on that website as well, patreon.com slash Barling. As we roll along here, let's talk about basketball, and let's talk about matchups. Let's talk about what we've got in front of us. Let's talk about the fact that the Sacramento Kings were playing better than the Portland Trailblazers before the break. Let's talk about the fact that they were playing better than the New Orleans Pelicans before the break. Let's talk about the fact that they were playing better than the Memphis Grizzlies and the San Antonio Spurs before the break. As a matter of fact, there were only a couple of teams they weren't playing better than before the break, and I use that term break very irresponsibly. Uh, the Clippers... They, weren't, they, they were playing as good as the Clippers. Both teams were 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. Uh, they were playing as well as the Indiana Pacers, 
both teams, all three teams, were 7-3. and three, And the only team that was playing better than them was the Western Conference leading and potential first-round matchup, Los Angeles Lakers. Now, of course, to be clear, as it pertains to the Lakers and the Clippers and the Pacers, as it pertains to the Kings and the Trailblazers and the Pelicans and the San Antonio Spurs and the Phoenix Suns, none of this matters. As a matter of fact, for all 22 teams in the National Basketball Association who are gearing up for this restart, what they did in their final 10 games before the season came to a halt, what they did in their final 20 games before the season came to a halt, means absolutely nothing. It was so long ago. It's almost like saying, hey, look at what so-and-so did at the end of the regular season last year. I mean, it was that long ago. But we've got to have, like, you know, the season is so incomplete. We've got to, we've got to have something to hold on to here. You know, what do we got? Well, we've got the season never ended. There's, there's got to be, you know, something we can ride with, isn't there? Well, yeah, we got the way the Kings played in the last 10 games. We've got the way that they played in the last 20. Let's ride with it. And let's start looking at these matchups. The national media desperately wants it to be the Pelicans versus the Lakers. And I get it. It's, it's sexy. It's got that whip appeal. I get it. LeBron versus Zion, Anthony Davis versus his former team, this young upstart New Orleans Pelicans. Dude, I get it. I get it. What I don't get is the Blazers. I don't get this narrative that the Blazers, Dame Lillard has openly said, I am not feeling this. But for some reason, we're willing to just ignore that because I I guess we like Dame Lillard and we like C.J. McCollum. And we have more respect for Terry Stouts than we do Luke Walton. And we, we, I guess we have more respect for the, and I'm being completely facetious when I use the term we. We have more respect for the, for the Portland Trailblazers than we do the Sacramento Kings. Wait, man, what? You go, wait a minute, like, Dame Lillard doesn't want to play. But y'all going to keep riding him? Y'all, y'all going to keep talking about what he's, he's going to be able to get done in a restart that he doesn't want to be a part of? I mean, I recall, didn't C.J. McCollum also say, like, uh, I don't know if I'm feeling this. Not sure I'm digging it, fam. All right. But we are going to buy into it. At least they're not projecting the Spurs, right? No one believes the Spurs are going to do it. LaMarcus Aldridge already has surgery. If Pop could just go pass, I honestly think that he would. Greg Popovich could stand up and say, you know what, we're good. Just, y'all have it. We're good. Fight, Fight amongst yourselves. Like, no, Pop, we need an even number of teams. Uh, do I have to coach? Can I send Becky? Can I send Becky and Timmy to get this done? I honestly think that's what he would do. They're already gearing up for next season. Of course, nobody knows what next season is going to look like. God bless DeAndre Ayton. He's like, oh, I'm so thankful that the NBA has included us in this, and they think we have an opportunity. He's like, nope. Much like the Spurs, needed an even number of teams, and you couldn't rule out the Spurs, you know, because they have a better record. Than, 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 the, than, the, than the sun, so you just got to take both of them. Meanwhile, I'm more of the mindset, yeah, you probably should have just left them both out, taking the Pelicans and the Blazers and the Grizzlies. But the problem is the, the Pelicans and the Kings, they've got the same record. This is all, you know, records don't even matter. Who's going to win the most out of these eight games? And will that determine who makes the playoff spot? If it's Memphis, obviously it does. If Memphis wins, if Memphis wins the most out of these four teams that we're talking about, um, they're good. 
they're golden. Because everybody else is just going to beat each other up. The Sacramento Kings are actually in a situation where they've, they have to win the first game. <laughs> they, they have not played since March, was it 9th or 8th? They haven't played since March 8th or 9th or whatever day it was. And they have found themselves in a must-win situation because they're playing San Antonio. They could just put the nail in the coffin when it comes to the San Antonio Spurs and get rid of them completely. Like, All right, we're good, guys. Move along here. And then they've got those two matchups against the Pelicans. And if they are able to beat the Pelicans twice, all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay. Got your attention. I was really hoping when the NBA was putting the schedule together that the Pelicans and Kings would be the first game of, of you know each team's restart. That's the game we missed out on. Give it to us first game out of the first game out of the break. Let's get it done. Let's see what happens. Both teams are everybody's going to be desperate for a win. All of those teams competing for that eight spot in the Western Conference. And quite honestly, if the Grizzlies just win a couple of ball games, they're good. Even in a situation where if a team, you know, gets to within three games and 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 we have an eight versus nine situation, the the Grizzlies just have to win one game. All of the pressure is on the ninth seed. All of it. But it's fun to talk about. You know, it's, we've never seen this before, so it's it's like, hey, let's create scenarios. I hope we get an eight versus nine. I hope we get that playing just because, you know, hopefully we never see it again. You know, with an 82-game season, you don't need a, you don't need a play-in game. It's, a, it's like baseball. Baseball always seems to get into a situation where there's uh, one-game playoffs, which is just so fascinating. You got 160-something games to play, and you can't figure out who makes the playoffs. So I, I, I hope we get to see this one time because, in the same breath, I say, I hope we never see it again. So I hope we get to see the Grizzlies versus somebody. Preferably the Sacramento Kings because, really... Dude, you could, I'm not a homer. Like I, I don't blindly root for the Kings. I talk about the Kings as I see them. And as I look at this, I don't think any of these teams are better than the Kings right now. I don't think the Blazers want to be there. The Grizzlies, I, I, I mean, I'm not going to ignore the fact that the Grizzlies are 32 and 33. The Pelicans are 28 and 36. They were 5 and 5 before the break. They had, they had a couple of games against the Minnesota Timberwolves. There's been so much talk about like schedules and how difficult the Grizzlies schedule was and how easy the Pelican schedule was. And I believe out of, out of all of the, you know, the teams in the conversation here, the Grizzlies had the most difficult schedule and the Pelicans had the easiest. The Pelicans, and why everybody chooses to ignore this is beyond me. The Pelicans had just lost to the Timberwolves. Timberwolves didn't even give an invite. They're 19 and 45 right now. They at the house. They had just, everybody was talking about what the Pelicans were going to do. Oh, the Pelicans, they lost out an opportunity. They had the easiest schedule. They lost to one of the worst teams in the league right before the break. Boy, man, the further you get away from something, the sexier it gets. Think about it. Think about how coveted people like, like John Gruden was as a head coach. John Gruden was at best, at best, an average coach. At best, he was an average coach. But the further he got away from coaching and the more he ingrained himself 
in media and in the Monday Night Football, suddenly he became a better coach. It's fascinating. How did he become a better coach? By calling football games. He was the color analyst for a game, but he became a better coach. The further we got away from his records, the better he became. Same thing happens with Jeff Van Gundy. Every time there's a job vacancy, oh, I'll hire Jeff Van Gundy. Like, okay, Jeff Van Gundy was a good coach. But like we, we talk about him as if he was one of the greatest coaches of all time, and he's, we've just got it. He's just waiting for the right situation. Like, oh, I, I don't think so. I don't think teams will want to go that route with Jeff Van Gundy right now. That's why Tom Thibodeau keeps getting jobs over and over again, and Jeff Van Gundy doesn't. The Pelicans were coming out of a difficult stretch in their season. They had lost games to the Dallas Mavericks. I had mentioned the game against the Timberwolves, a 139-134 to loss. They had lost to the Lakers. But you look back and you look at some of the games that they won during this same stretch. They beat the Portland Trailblazers twice. So what? That's like looking in a mirror. Two teams are identical. The Thunder are better than they are. They lost to the Thunder. They beat the Warriors. All right, cool. They beat the Cleveland Cavaliers. Cool. Their most quality win, I mean, they beat the Lakers, I think, a couple of weeks before, before the shutdown ended, or before the shutdown started, excuse me. Uh, their biggest quality win was against Miami. And that's a, that's a, good, I mean, that's a, that's a good win. That's a good, that's a good quality win. But there's, you know, we talk so much about schedules and, and, and you know, they had the easiest schedule. They, had, they lost to the Spurs a few weeks ago. The further we get away from what the Pelicans actually were before the break, the better, the better they become. It's like they were world beaters, and it was just a matter of time before they were going to grab that playoff spot. Grizzlies weren't doing themselves any favors. They lost to Orlando you know, right before the break. Uh, they had they had a they you know they had some they they were having a better stretch than the Pelicans were. They were winning games that they had to. They they had a, a a good win against the Lakers in there, but they had also had a stretch of games where they lost to the Kings, the Rockets, the Clippers, the Lakers. Oh, and look at that, the Kings again. So what are what are the Grizzlies? We don't know. We don't know. What about the Portland Trailblazers? Portland Trailblazers before the break. What were they doing? They beat the Suns. They lost to the Kings. They lost to the Suns. Oh, they beat the Wizards. They beat Orlando. All right, big deal. They lost to three Eastern Conference teams in a row. They had lost to the Pelicans. Twice they had lost to the Grizzlies. But now we're going to, now there are people who get paid to write columns about the NBA saying the Portland Trailblazers. It comes down to the Trailblazers, the Grizzlies, and the Pelicans. Man, get out of here. That is high-level nonsense. And it's almost like these organizations are trolling the Kings at this point. Like the Kings aren't even, like the Kings ain't even there. Kings got, for eight games, as good of a shot to challenge Memphis for that eight seed as anybody else does. It's an absolute no-brainer. To think otherwise is 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 super silly at this point. Absolutely silly. Uh, today's pro- podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped.com. Uh, go check them out. No more accidents while you're, well, grooming. They'll keep you safe. They've got skin-safe technology. Uh, they've got a battery that lasts up to 90 minutes. You can even 
groom in the shower, if you will. Uh, so go check them out. You can get 20% off of your order and free shipping by using the promo code HOOPBALL20. That is HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. Uh, go use that promo code right now, HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com, and that will get you 20% off of your order. The Kings are back at practice tomorrow, and we'll have coverage for you uh, on the next episode of the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by HoopBall and the HoopBall Podcast Network.